0: Stay safely seated, keeping your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the log at all times. And be sure to watch your kids. We'll see you down in the bayou.
1: Wait, is that the...
0: Uh, that's a hypothetical way that the the new version of Splash Mountain could sound. Oh! I just decided to do that off the top of my head.
1: I hope that is the case. Actually, I wonder who they would get to voice, like, uh, you going into the bayou.
0: Um, well...
1: Or, or the beginning of Splash... Is it still gonna be called Splash Mountain?
2: No, they're gonna change it. They're definitely gonna change it. Something else, but it has to still be something mountain, though, right? I just s- so. Well, well, couldn't they
0: still call it Splash Mountain? Like, they, there's no reason they couldn't still call it Splash Mountain, right?
2: But it's like, but we when you say Splash Mountain, you think Briar Fox and Briar Rabbit and Zippity Doo You don't think Princess and the Frog,
0: like yeah, but...
2: Mountain or something, or
0: they could call it. They could call it <laughs> um... Splash Mountain, Princess and. Princess and the Frog DLC. <laughs> uh,
1: Splash, Mo- Splash Mountain into the Bayou.
0: <laughs> Splash Mountain, the search for Lewis's trumpet.
1: <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> we'll see what happens, but um... Hello everyone, and welcome to Musings. I am your host, Kayla King. As always, I am joined by my husband, David King. That's me. We have our unofficial... Uh, co-host, <laughs> say,
2: <laughs> okay, who's got the beignets? Bring me those beignets until I explode.
0: We did talk about having beignets here.
2: Beignets and jambalaya and ah oh. gumbo. What about
1: oh, that God. swamp gumbo? Boys. Mm. It's because I ate before we recorded this. <laughs> if you if you haven't guessed by that uh we are discussing the princess and the frog that's right it's 2009 everyone
0: yay gosh
1: all of us are graduated from high school and are taking community college classes or doing something in college i assume
0: yeah i was definitely in college at this point i know me and some of my uh college friends were talking about this movie those of us who were, you know were disney fans and we were excited because it was finally going back to 2d animation I do want to also point out, this episode marks our fourth year of doing Animusings. We started in June of 2017 with Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and here we are now with The Princess and the Frog.
1: And actually, the timing of us doing Princess and the Frog right now is astoundingly good. And I'll get into that once I get into the history. But it, yeah, it, it's amazing that uh, this would be the year to discuss it. But um,
0: Yeah, do we, uh, we want to just... Finish stuffing our faces with imaginary uh, New Orleans Cajun cooking, or do we want to talk about um, the the history of this film, our personal histories? I mean, just kind of to read the room here. We all have pretty positive feelings about this movie, right?
1: Definitely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but <laughs> okay, this so that, this that helps.
1: history is well, It's weird. I say history. It it was a little over ten years ago, but I it's a very vivid memory for me.
0: Mm-hmm. So oh, same.
1: The history itself is, wow, uh, the pressure, man. That <laughs> it, Okay, so... Well, let's hear it. 2006. Disney acquired Pixar. Ja- John Lasseter is now chief creative officer, and Ed Catmull is president. Um, and they decided to reinstate hand-drawn animation. Good. Yes. Uh, their viewpoint was, uh, scrapping hand-drawn animation was always a bad idea, because it wasn't the fact... It, it wasn't 2D animation that caused those movies to fail; they were just bad. That was that was both John Lester and Ed. Uh, I'm Cat looking Moulton.
0: at you, Home on the Range.
1: <laughs> um, so and with that, they actually rehired all of those 2D animators that were laid off.
0: Really getting the like run around those animators. I feel bad for them, <laughs> but still, at least they got the. Work on this.
1: Well, here not, not as much of a runaround as uh, Clements and Musker. So, uh, as you guys know, Clements and Musker is the uh, the two directors who directed The Little Mermaid and uh, Hercules and uh, Treasure Planet. And if you remember from our history, they also were basically they make got... this
0: movie, or we won't let you make our baby. Yeah, your baby.
1: And when they finally did get to make their baby, it wasn't marketed properly, which is very unfortunate. And
0: I blame Jeffrey, as always.
1: So they left Disney in 2005. And then, less than a year later, they were brought back. <laughs> <laughs> Look, as much as I do not like John Lasseter as a person, I think Pixar and the heads of Pixar coming into Disney was. good idea
0: they brought the pixar like the creative pixar energy to the studio yes so i can i can't fault them for that obviously i mean pixar is a fantastic studio in its own right so Mm
1: -hmm. um and as they were brought in the one uh film they wanted to work on or actually a lot of people really wanted to work on this was the frog prince um the idea for the frog prince had been around since beauty and the beast and not only that pixar was developing their own version Hmm. But none of them were really happy with the story of the Frog Prince, and it makes sense if you read the Frog Prince in itself. It's there's not much of a story. No, it's just a uh, girl loses trinket. Frog says, "Hey, let me stay at your palace, and I'll if it, you, I'll grab your trinket for you." He basically takes up space and acts like he owns the place. She gets upset and <laughs> throws him against the wall. He. She thinks he's dead, so she kisses him, turns into a prince.
0: Thrilling. Yeah. Like, a a mile-a-minute action in this story. (laughs) What a a deep and meaningful cinematic universe can be spawned from this uh, property.
1: Well, luckily, um, Disney bought the rights to um, a book called The Frog Princess by Edie Baker. Which is... Okay. Um, I feel like I gotta bring up my personal history here.
0: That's fine.
1: So... Um, when I heard they were going to do The Frog Princess, all, all I knew was, like, the basic stuff. Like, oh, we're doing the Disney's The Frog Princess. And I, in my brain, I was thinking, how are they going to do that? This story isn't exactly that. And I had read The Frog Princess by Edie Baker when I was a teenager. and loved that book. It's a really good book. In all honesty, I would recommend it. It's nothing like The Princess and the Frog, but it's really entertaining. It's very tongue-in-cheek. The only similarities is princess kisses, uh, a frog who claims to be a prince and she turns into a frog and they go on adventures together. That's only the only similarity. But I also thought that was possibly the only way to make the frog princess work or their Disney version. I'm like, because that's the only way to ca- cause drama and have reason to continue it. And I thought, well, it would be cool if they could use Edie Baker story, but hmm. I don't think that would be the case a year later after the fact, and that gets announced. I'm like, what? Did what, (laughs) wait, what? Did I predict that? What? You manifested it. Apparently. Um, not (laughs) for, um, so, uh, 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 Clemens and Musker were brought in to write the script and direct it. And originally the version, um, at least Pixar's version was going to start in Chicago or it was going to take place in Chicago. And, uh, Clemens and Musker love the idea of having an American princess because they had always done like European stories and they're yeah. like, it'd be nice to have a story set in America.
0: I mean, if you want to split hair, technically Pocahontas <laughs> is an American princess, <laughs> but okay. Sure. Okay, you got a point. There. Okay. <laughs> uh, it just hit me and I'm like, hmm, hmm, okay.
1: So <laughs> here's how this got the whole ball rolling John Laster's favorite city in the entire world is New Orleans. And he was basically like, Oh my gosh, you guys have to go to New Orleans. It is the best city in the world. Like, I will fly you guys out there. Like, we need to set this movie set in New Orleans. Like, like, this was his, like, big thing. And Clemens and Musker are like, Yeah, okay. We've never been to New Orleans. Let's, oh wait, tell me, let's talk out. Or actually, uh, uh, it's like we've never been to New Orleans, so yeah, let's let's go check it out. Problem is, uh, they go six months after Hurricane Katrina, and uh, yeah, and they admitted there was they saw a lot of devastation and it was unbelievable, and their heart broke for it. But at the same time, they and I, th- this is probably the best New Orleans trip I've ever heard of. They went through the French Quarter. They spent a day with a voodoo priestess. They went through some voodoo emporiums. They went out to the bayou and had a Cajun tour guide who fed alligators little marshmallows to the side of a boat. And then eventually they brought the whole team down and they rode on a float in the Mardi Gras parade. Like, uh, after that, I totally would understand how much they would come to love New Orleans. That sounds like an amazing trip. Um,
0: you can also see how much of that is in the movie, considering there's that one scene where the gators eat marshmallows. I mean, you know
1: actually a lot of the people <laughs> they actually a lot of the people that they met and spoke with inspired a lot of the characters in the oh, films i can see that and actually um i will address that actually uh, when we discuss the film in detail and i'll bring up those like tidbits here and there so mm-hmm. um so because they realized okay we're going to have the film set in new orleans it just automatically came in their brains well then our princess should be african american of course cuz it's new orleans yeah my God, that decision. <laughs> I They did not realize at the time. In every interview I've read with them, they said, no, it just sound that it was just a natural fact. We did not realize how much pressure we were going to be under and how, like, how big of a deal this was.
0: You know, it's interesting because I feel like, you know, at the time I probably would have been that mindset. Like, like, you know, that's my thought. Like, yeah, just, it makes sense. But then... Mm-hmm. The implications.
1: Yeah, so when the film got announced in 2007, already there were concerns that came up. Um, so in their original script, the characters was supposed to be n- named Madeline, nicknamed Maddie, which is...
0: Uh, <laughs> I feel like...
1: It sounds like Mammy. Mm. That was one of the concerns. It sounds like Mammy.
0: Okay, that feels like a stretch, but okay.
1: It's... if. It's... It's... Maybe to us it sounds like a little bit of stretch
2: but i I think when you're dealing with something uh that's gonna be this significant better to
1: side on the air of ca- on the side of caution like
0: no i stuff. I agree with you there absolutely
1: and not only that her occupation was gonna be a maid for the white fam for a white family yeah
0: there's there's where there's where um I would be like now hold on a second yeah
2: that's that that's should have been like off the table from the beginning <laughs>
1: and uh Luckily, the directors have completely agreed, or the people at Disney completely agreed with that. They're like, no, you're absolutely right. So they changed Maddie to Tiana, which is... Tiana is a much more fitting name for an African-American woman, so... Yes. And she is a waitress, which is even more fitting for, based off because of the character she is based off of. Or actually, let me rephrase that. Which is even more fitting because of the real person she is based off of, which, again, I will mention later. Mm-hmm. Um... Another complaint was over Princess Tiana's love interest, but this one became like a back and forth because the the issue was, why is her prince not black? But Naveen, the character, who is, he's voiced by a Brazilian actor, and he's from a fictional country of Maldonia, and he's clearly not white, um... And there were complaints like, "Well, why couldn't he just be a black man? Why, why couldn't you just do, just choose to go with? Is there something wrong with that?" But then there were other people who were complaining, "Well, why are you complaining about him being black? What do you have an issue with um, a multiracial um, couple? Uh, yeah, like oh,
0: multiracial romance.
1: Yeah, like, and so that kind of uh, controversy sort of fizzled out because of that. It seemed that this, makes sense." Hmm.
0: Interesting.
1: Uh, mm-hmm. Um. Another issue, too, was the fact it's being set in New Orleans. And this is really because of Hurricane Katrina. Because this was um a place where many African Americans were displaced due to the effects of the hurricane. And the, it's like, why would you make a movie set in a, a location where m- such trauma had just happened? And... I could see that being a bit of a difficulty. But, again...
0: It'd be one thing if they tried to set it in modern-day New Orleans, though. mm -hmm. As opposed to, say, where they did set it, so...
1: Another thing is, um, the voodoo part. So, voodoo... Actually, the controversy around the voodoo was from different ends.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) Christians were mad, because it's voodoo, and it's like, how dare you talk about voodoo? That is the devil's magic. And then um
0: voodoo practitioners
1: voodoo practitioners were upset because they're like this is a you're treating this like magic not (laughs) religion
0: and that's always the tricky part with voodoo because it does there is sort of the hollywood idea of what it is and then there's like what it actually is you know what it is to other people and it's very different depending on it it's it's complicated um so yeah i am curious to know what steps they took because like well, I'm not as familiar with voodoo as, like, someone who is, you know, very int- intimate with it, like, um, I don't know what is considered, like, you know, what's considered stereotypical in some cases and what is, isn't in others, so...
1: Well, with the... I feel like
0: with this one...
1: With the complaints that were brought in, um, they realized, okay, we really need to be careful. So, um, they brought in, um, consultants... Um, and this actually included Oprah Winfrey, which is how she came to be in. Oh, Voice.
0: that's right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but not only that, they also uh, included um, members of the NAACP nationwide.
0: Oh. Yeah. Okay.
1: And they, according to a uh, Disney spokespersons, um, they were extremely positive about the project. Okay. Um, but the main issue. And I think this was the main controversy that stuck after the fact, and I can completely see why, is the fact that we have our first black princess. Finally, young girls can see someone that looks like them. And it's, they don't always have to like be like, oh, I guess we can choose Jasmine.
0: <laughs> when it comes to the Halloween costumes. Yeah.
1: But then they watch the movie. And most of the time, she's a frog. And that's... I, I can see the disappointment in that. I can see how it's like, really, we can't even be represented properly. Or, like, we're it, the African-American the, the, community. The hard,
0: the hard part of that is that's that's because it has to serve the story in that yeah. essence. And But yeah, I get it. You're going to have yeah, your poster character be the first black Disney princess, and the most of the movie is her as a frog. I get that. But... And it's tricky, too, because then you... Basically, in order to make sure that didn't happen, you'd have to change the story a lot.
1: And that—that's another issue too. As I mentioned before, the Prague Princess is the story it's based off of is not much of a story. So how do you make it interesting? And I mean, a character turning into a frog and then trying to figure out, oh no, how do we become human again? Is actually a very interesting idea. Yes. But but with the sensitivity. Of who your character is and what this character represents, there's a lot writing on that. Mm, yeah. And unfortunately, when you have two white guys from the Midwest <laughs> directing and writing.
0: Look, I give Clements and Musker credit, but no, I. Yeah, they're. <laughs> it, uh, it happens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It absolutely happens. So.
1: Um, now, I'll. I think this <laughs> Backing away from the controversy, um. I'm going to, I'll, I'll bring up, uh, the animation for this film. So, Caps at this point is outdated. Yeah. And, uh, they're using Toon Boom Harmony, which is kind of cool because I actually, I used to play with Toon Boom when I was, uh, in high school. Oh. So that was a cool thing to learn. Um, I actually knew about that early on. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm using the same type of animation that's... <laughs> <laughs> um, I do not know how to animate anymore, so. Um, but, uh... Another interesting part of... Their main art inspiration was actually Bambi and the Lady and the Tramp.
0: Oh my gosh, I can see that.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, I, as I yeah, think okay. about it. Yeah, I'm seeing it too. Uh, they wanted to capture classic Disney, but they... I mean, classic Disney as well as you know, there's not really one definition. Yes. And they felt Bambi and the Lady and the Tramp had was a more sophisticated version of classic Disney. And that's the style they wanted to invoke.
0: You know what's interesting is I can definitely see Lady and the Tramp, especially when it comes to the the urban settings. You know, when you go to New Orleans when you're in New Orleans itself, the, like I've said before, Lady and the Tramp I think has some of the most beautiful backgrounds in any Disney movie, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Bambi gets natured really well and of course another the other big chunk of uh, of The Princess and the Frog is in the bayou. Yes. So that's an excellent those are excellent sources for both of those scenes. For both of those sort of ends of the movie. The the city and the bayou so
1: um i dig it the film itself took about three and a half years from beginning to completion which is pretty fast however every movie i've ever whenever we discuss a movie recently by disney it feels like oh we have to do this like now 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 and i'm like geez you really don't give them a lot of time to finish it things animation. are a lot
0: different than they were back in than they were back in the 1930s mm-hmm. when we started again Started this podcast four years ago. We're in a very different place. Not just us, but look at di- where we're with the era of Disney we're talking about now, too. So, so,
1: um, there it uh premiered um on a limited run in New York and Los Angeles on November 25th, 2009, but then had a wide release on December 11th. This I my heart breaks when I hear this. So, their budget was 105 million, mm-hmm. they made about 267 million, which is. Double their budget. Any other company would think that was a success. And not just that, reviewers actually gave it mostly positive reviews. Um, they praised the animation, and one of the things that kept coming up was how refreshing it was to see a story that wasn't just filled with pop culture references. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And it was nominated for Best Animated Picture and two of the songs down in New Orleans and almost there were nominated for Best Original Songs. It lost to Up for Best Animated Picture which, you know what, I... I can see. Mm, I mean, no. The first five minutes of Up. The first five, five minutes in- of Up, yeah, okay. That's
2: fucking heartbreaking masterpiece there. But for, like, the whole film, like, the side okay, I, I think it should have gone Princess and the Frog there and I think the reason it went into Up is because it was um, it wasn't 2D animation. They didn't want to give 2D animation that credit
0: anymore. That's just yeah. my
2: personal opinion on that. Yeah,
0: Up is great. Up yeah, is a fine movie.
2: Uh, the five minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's like, some epic storytelling. No, but but I'm,
2: okay. I'm okay, five there. minutes, great. Tell me about the rest of the movie. What's so great about the rest a, of the movie?
0: Oh, the rest of it minus at Doug. Doug.
2: <laughs>
1: the rest of it is whatever. No, I, I, I no, and I'm with you there. I am with you there. The movie is fine. The movie is fine. But those are like the be- one of the best five minutes of animation I've ever seen in my life, and I cried and was so disappointed because that was in the beginning, and I had to deal with the rest of the film. Like, it's not as good. Why would you do this to me?
0: The rest of the rest of the film is still fine, but no, it's. Fine, I mean, as but... a whole, I as a whole package, I like Princess and the Frog more. Yes, just being completely honest. Okay, okay. If Up is your favorite movie, great. More Power to you. It's actually one of my favorite Pixar movies. It's up there. Uh, what's my favorite Pixar movie? It's WALL-E. But uh, that's... You yes. <laughs> um, the two...
1: And the the two songs lost to... And I I think this is ridiculous. Because it's a song called The Weary Kind from Crazy Heart. You know, a song that none of us remember or know about. You know, I don't what? know. Yeah, huh? What? Yeah. Do you, huh? Yeah, do you know what, what no. that song is exactly? I don't
0: know. No.
1: Exactly, so... You just made that up. No, I did not. <laughs> I did not make that
2: up. Somewhere and Randy I Newman. know you didn't make that up, but I don't I have I would not know if you had made that up or not, as how, how much I don't know what the f that
0: is. Exactly. Somewhere Randy Newman is just like, hey, it's not right. It's mm-hmm. not right. I do did, did, did so. this. <laughs>
1: we'll get into okay, we'll discuss the music a little bit. But um so this was not seen as success in Disney's eyes. And there there are a couple reasons they thought this could be. One of the reasons is they thought having the title princess or having the word princess in the title may have discouraged boys from seeing the film. And this is why every film you've seen after this does not include the title princess and has verbs now, I guess. Uh, <laughs> past tense verbs.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Their titles. Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> um. Uh, another reason is the fact uh, it just also ho- opened the same week as a very popular film called Avatar.
0: Mm.
1: Oh, boo! Yeah.
0: Guess which movie I saw? Not Avatar.
2: Well, I saw both. <laughs> I and saw both. I, I see. I see a bunch of movies.
0: I mean, I saw Avatar later, but I if it were, I had to pick one, I'm like, oh man, no, I knew what I was seeing.
1: No, I saw Princess Frog immediately and the only reason i saw avatar was because a bunch of my um friends at the time were like hey we're gonna go see avatar i'm like eh. <laughs> I, mean,
0: I don't know what this
1: film is but hey i'm a, getting out of the house so i had
0: a good theater experience it was really warm and fuzzy getting to sit in there with my college friends watching a disney movie and it's all geeking out about how good the animation was i actually have one specific memory from that screening that i will share later when we get to that appropriate part okay It's is fun
1: but so the reason it wasn't a success is again so much was riding on this, not just due to, like, the controversy and the fact that this is the first um, black princess. But they were hoping, like, well, this is 2D animation. You got to prove to us that 2D animation still means something. And because it wasn't, like, the success that Beauty and the Beast and Lion King was, which is unfair. because Unfair
0: and unreasonable.
1: Again, Lion King. 1 billion dollars. I'm sorry, but you're not going to get there. Like you, the, uh, until we t- get to Frozen, but that uh anyway. So as a result, that's why they backed away from 2D animation because it wasn't good enough in their eyes. I and think something
2: reason. something else to factor in is that if you have if you're paying animators to do 2D animation that is uh a longer longer hours. So mm-hmm. to, like, really make it a success for them, they needed more. Yeah, it
1: all comes down to funny.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and that's the unfortunate part. Until recently. Okay.
0: Until recently?
1: So, I, this is, it is interesting that we're doing it now, because in 2020, we had what happened to George Floyd that led to the Black Lives Matter movement, and... As this is as sad as this kind of sounds, I feel like Disney is starting to capitalize on that,
0: yeah, because Because that's what corporate Disney does, they capitalize on things that are in the zeitgeist.
2: I mean, that's That's why that's not just Disney, that's just what corporations
0: do. Oh, no, of course. I mean, you look at that thing that Alex Hirsch did just recently, pointing out how so many corporations are willing to promote Pride Month, but then like. Cartoon Network and Disney wouldn't let there be any uh, gay, you know, representation. gay representation in their cartoons without there being a lot of pushback. And yet they're totally willing to say, Happy Pride Month, rainbow flags everywhere. Da-da-da-da. And It's like, come on, come on. We know we know, you only sail on seas of green. If this movie, You could learn a lesson or two from this movie, Disney.
1: <laughs> but this is, it just so happened that this year, or well not this year, in 2020, it got announced that Splash Mountain is going to be rethemed as Princess and the Frog. Now, it also is interesting that there was a petition that came out for it in 2020, and then it just got announced not long after it, and mm-hmm. they had been working on this idea apparently for years.
2: It might have my what I would speculate again. This is just my personal opinion. Is that maybe it's something that had been pitched years ago, and it's something that they played with on and off when they were like, okay, what can we bring to the park? What can we like, you know, uh, what's going to bring more revenue to the parks, kind of thing. Like that was probably something that was thrown around, and it wasn't probably until um, the build up with the Black Lives Matter movement, that petition that came out, and I think that petition was a result of someone did like art of like what they think the retheming would look like and that sparked the petition. So I think mm-hmm. it's when they saw that, and like, oh, there's a demand for it, and it would make us look good in response to everything that was going on at the time. Okay, let's hmm. do it. I think that was kind of like the push. I don't think mm-hmm. before that, Disney considered the
1: idea seriously.
2: Mm-hmm. But that's just and I, personal I, speculation.
1: I, I, I will give him props for this, though. Um, the person leading the project um, is... Uh, Charita Carter, who is a black woman. And it's like, thank goodness. It's not it's, it's not yeah. two white men from the Midwest. <laughs> now, um,
0: and speaking of, you know, I will say this, speaking as someone who uh, we have watched and discussed Song of the South on this podcast, The Source Material, I, you know, as much as Splash Mountain has that, like, people remember Splash Mountain for Splash Mountain and less for Song of the South. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to miss it. No. Personally.
1: The, I mean, only, the only thing... The only,
0: the only, gonna... enjoyable parts, the only enjoyable parts of, um, you know, Song of the South, generally speaking, were the animated segments. And that was all that got represented there. And I get why people would look at that and be like, that is a reminder of something that is deeply problematic. So I, it's, it's fair. If you're going to make room for something, make room for uh, for a better movie. <laughs> make room for The Princess and the Frog. Sorry, Sade, I didn't mean to cut you off.
2: No, no you're good. Uh, I, I was going to say, the only... Okay, the only Splash Mountain has a special place in my heart because of you guys. Because of like, oh yes, I've gotten to ride it with you guys. So I will miss. And even when it is Princess and the Frog, if we aren't still yelling, I'm going to marry your dad, Ryan, when we go down the drop. (laughs) I'm going to be sad if we're still not yelling that. (laughs)
0: You you know, it doesn't matter who is taking the place of the animatronic Brer Fox. If we get to that part, bend of the river, I'm going to lean over and be like, I'm going to marry your dad.
2: And that will always fill me with joy. But I, I do want, like... Like, I love that they are retheming it, and I'm excited for it, because I love Princess and the Frog, and I love Tiana, she's my favorite princess. But I also am a bit hesitant for Disney to just kind of sweep a, so- a Song of the South under the rug, you know? Yeah.
0: Like well, I, I think th- it needs... I think it needs to be recognized. Like, there's that whole thing where, like, well, we don't sweep the past under under the rug. That's the thing. Like, you made the thing, own that you made the thing, own that it might, that it's problematic in some ways, and just be like, but this is how
1: it was before. This is how it was. Like, we recognize now that it's not okay to do now, and we're working to do um, better for the future, but we do recognize we Mm -hmm. did do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: As as long as there's like some form of recognition, um, I'll be satisfied
1: for now um and then there's also one other thing disney uh did so they also announced in 2020 that there's going to be a television spin-off called tiana that will be released on disney plus in 2022 if it is i don't know about this i'm so excited (laughs) oh yeah there's gonna be a (laughs) tiana tv uh tv series on disney plus oh my gosh oh my gosh okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah um that got announced and i And it just happened to be announced in 2020. Hmm. I missed that. How did I miss that? Um, it's probably because it got announced with three other TV shows. Okay. Like the way it was announced. I'll look
2: it all up after we record.
1: (laughs) Or after we finish. (laughs) There's, there's not much information on it right now. All we know is that it is, um, it's going to be called Tiana. It's going to be an animated show and it's going to show on Disney Plus in 2022. That's all we know.
0: Should we talk about the movie or is there more?
1: uh no, that's it I will um when we get into the movie I will um, bring up some other fun facts but um, I'd rather as we discuss the movie bring that up because again um the great part about this film is that a lot of the characters are based off um, different parts of New Orleans and I would I, I definitely want to bring that these things up because mm-hmm. it is fascinating to me but right. How about our personal histories with this? Because
0: well, I think I'm... I think we touched on it a little bit. Yeah, like some of us, I I saw it when I was in college. I, me and some other people I knew were hyped for it at the time, and I was especially because again, if you've heard me rant in previous episodes, I turned my back on Disney pretty much the moment they decided they were done with two D animation. So it came back a couple of years later. I was like, you liars! Then I, I'm like, I want to support this because a, it looks compelling, but b, I um, you know, I want to see. I want to see more like this. This is what I want. This is the kind of animation I want. So I was more than happy to go and see it. And I was not disappointed. I enjoyed the movie. I really liked it. It's still up there as one of my favorites. Um, And maybe it was because of positive experience. Does it have its flaws? Sure. But I mean, we'll get into that. But like what movie doesn't, what movie doesn't have something we could point out and go, that was weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, and then beyond that, just like, That's that's about the extent of it. I never owned the movie. I just would see it every so often, and it just stuck with me. It was an overwhelmingly positive experience.
2: I also saw it when I was in school. Funny enough, I was actually going to school for 2D animation uh, when I saw it. So I was I was so thrilled um, that it was like Disney's bringing back 2D animation. So like oh, so uh, me and and a bunch of my friends that I was going to school with, that I had made friends with at school, went to go see it. and I just was like, please let this mean that they're bringing back to the animation, because it was kind of like, that's that's what I wanted to do career wise was 2D animation. So I was thrilled, and I loved the movie. I loved Tiana. Um, my probably my favorite 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 Disney song is almost there. Um, and it's just kind of I do own the copy. I don't watch it too often. I realize it actually been a while since I'd watched it today for this recording. And, but the music always gets me up. I'm always singing along and I just, Tiana's so pretty. (laughs) My, my, I don't have like a fond, like a special memory of like having seen the movie, but like when I got to meet Tiana in the parks and like give her a twirl, like the biggest, dumbest smile on my face
1: that day. Anyway. (laughs) So yeah. Um, I, I'm with you both. Uh, I was ecstatic that they were bringing back to E. D. Animation, and I'm not gonna lie, I followed this movie on the internet like like it was like I was preparing for uh, the Second Coming or something because <laughs> I was that excited about the film. And then on my silly little blog that no one will ever find again, I was writing like comments like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe this film! I predicted that they're gonna. I would love for them to use like Edie Baker's idea." And then when it came out, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe I predicted this." Um, <laughs> And I was genuinely excited for this film, and um, I might have, when I first saw it, uh, I, I had way too high expectations, and I was just, I was, I think I judged it a little too harshly. And I know this because when I, I like after the fact, every time I watch it, I'm like, you know, this is actually better than when I first saw it, and it still sticks with me. Um, it had been a while since I last saw it, but. Um, there's a, a lot of moments I remember and I enjoyed and I laughed out loud and um it uh it it still holds up and now there there are some flaws with it and I'll get into that in a little bit. But for the most part, yeah, it, it holds up. Um the one thing the funny part is uh when the film first came out, I did not like the music because I had a thing against Randy Newman.
0: What do you got against Randy Newman? <laughs> I think well. I'm, I'm, I'm really good at writing music.
1: Well, okay. As as I get older, I'm fine with Randy Newman for the most part. Um, I just absolutely do not like "You Got a Friend of Me." I I just think it's an awful song, and that's his like for at least people around our age. That's his most popular song. You
0: got a friend in
1: me. Please no, <laughs> no, it's not. Sorry, I'm sorry,
0: <laughs> Randy. Randy, get out of here. Sorry, I should have laid out the traps. <laughs>
1: No, I, and, but, like, the more that I watch movies and the more I, um, look back on animated films, it's like, oh, actually, that song's not bad, that song's not bad, that song's not bad, and actually, but, like, the songs, they eventually did stick with me, and I came to like them over time, so for the most part, yeah, uh, there's a lot of Randy Newman songs that I actually do like, and a lot of them are in this movie. I will say, though, his habit of repeating... (laughs) lyrics over and over does not fail
0: in
1: this case
0: I mean, he, you got a good song right there. you stay with it randy i swear to god
1: <laughs> he has a repetition thing and you, you can i don't know
0: i was we were going to talk about i definitely wanted to talk about that for sure the the randy cadence so
1: almost there almost there i'm oh. almost there uh what's the next one um uh, i've got got friends friends on the other side he's got got friends on the other other side
0: side. you gotta dig a A little deeper deeper. you gotta dig dig a little little deeper
1: deeper. (laughs) he has a style repeat repeat (laughs) the
0: repeat something in the chorus
1: repeat the title in the chorus. i mean at least it makes it easy to sing along that's true. <laughs> that's, true. that's
0: true. That's true. That's probably why it works. Why it keeps going to it.
1: <laughs> actually, the most big going down the value. Going, going down, down the value. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, when it's when it's a kids movie, and I think
2: it works for a kids
1: movie. I but the thing is, I don't feel like this is a kids movie. This feels actually like a film for the family. This is uh, so. I can tell you without a doubt, like um, Home on the Range, that's a kids movie. This is a family movie, and that's always been Disney's goal is to create a family movie. Yeah,
0: well, when you were talking about the reviews, this movie does not feel dated. Mm -hmm. It's got, it's got enough of a timeless quality to it that it works.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
0: Even though it is set in a very specific time period. That,
1: that was another thing, too. I was so excited because it's 1920s jazz era in New Orleans, and that's so cool to me.
0: Yep. I love that setting. I love the location. I love the time period. Mm It's awesome. Although technically, this is me segueing into us talking about the movie because mm-hmm. we need to talk about the movie itself. Uh, the movie actually starts in like you know maybe the early the early 1900s.
1: When did Woodrow Wilson get?
0: That's right. We know the date because Wilson was elected. Mm-hmm. It says in the newspaper of the guy in the trolley car. Um. Anyway, I don't. I mean, we don't have to like go over it too much, but we get we do get introduced to some important characters. We get. Obviously, little Tiana and little Lottie.
1: Which, they're
0: adorable. They are adorable. And you can see their personalities, like, right away, which is important. I like that we get that established. We also get it established that Lottie's uh, daddy is very rich. How? We don't know. He's just rich.
1: And John Goodman just continues to be a very good voice actor. Oh, yeah. I forgot it was him. Like, it's clearly his voice, but I, like... He just falls into the role so well that I just I'm I mean, like oh, I
2: I mean you I hear that voice and it's like ah John Goodman but like <laughs> it's just a, such a like a fitting voice for, for I don't know it's just I don't he he could voice I, I don't know how is what I'm trying to say but yeah like you know it's him but you just yeah. you're so familiar with it that you don't even think about it yeah
0: I, oh yeah um. Uh, we do also have, uh, Oprah Winfrey as Tiana's mom.
1: She does a fine job. Yeah.
0: I just thought it was interesting to point out, because I didn't re- remember that until we were watching the credits. I'm like, that was Oprah? That I was always Oprah.
2: forget that detail.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, they read, they're reading the, the frog prince. So, the boring version. So.
1: <laughs> Not the one where she throws him against the wall.
0: <laughs> yeah, the bo- even boringer version. <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, some important stuff about wishing stars and, and all that jazz. Yeah, you
1: start to realize um, these two children have different goals. One really wants to be a princess. I mean, she practically is one, but she wants to be
0: a real, honest to goodness princess.
1: Mm-hmm. Be married and find her. I think it was. It's more fi- like just find like find of...
0: find a man, settle down, be royalty.
1: Exactly, that's her goal.
0: <laughs> and you know what? I will never begrudge Lottie that dream.
2: (laughs) She, she, well, I don't know if she deserves it, but I adore her. She is such a fine character.
0: Well, I mean, I want to talk about her and her relationship with, with Tiana. Is it okay if we kind of jump around? No,
1: absolutely. I mean, this is
0: a movie about frogs. Let's jump around.
1: (laughs) Um, Hop around.
0: Now, I wouldn't say they're necessarily like BFFs or anything like that, but I like their relationship a lot. I like that. I like the way that they engage with each other you can tell it's because they have known each other since they were kids mm-hmm. and like because you know uh, <laughs> I like that it's established that because um, Tiana's mother is a seamstress and it makes all of Lottie's outfits it's like it's trying to get to gainfully employed pretty much but uh, because of that the two girls interacted all the time and you still see them interacting as adults and there's like little moments that happen between them that I really dig the like familiarity between
2: them mm-hmm. Like I would definitely like- call them childhood friends, but you can tell like obviously they Tiana isn't going to all these extravagant parties that Lottie probably isn't going to, and Tiana's probably not inviting Lottie over for like lunch or anything. But like there's still that familiar, like they're friends because when we were watching when I was watching it, and there's the scene where Tiana falls back into her beignets at the party and she, her dress gets all messed up. Lottie's yeah. like oh my god there's a prince there's a prince but when she sees Tiana is like a mess and like she's like sorry Naveen you wait I gotta help my friend and dress her up make sure she looks good and mm-hmm. i just like I love you Lottie
0: <laughs> that's a good moment I, I yeah. love the fact
1: like Lottie in in the past she would have been that selfish spoiled rotten girl that would have been mean mm-hmm. and she is selfish and spoiled but she's not mean no. she actually does have a big good heart and I love that I love the fact um, that it's
0: they're not they're not demonizing the no. the spoiled the spoil well the, the character <laughs> who could be spoiled rotten and is spoiled rotten. The,
1: the funny part is she's not rotten. I I know someone like this. I have a, a friend that's like this. I don't. Want, she is someone who puts a lot of time and focus into her appearance. Has admitted that she can be selfish and uh, is loud like her, but she will be there. She is like will be there when needed. Like, if if a friend's hurt, she has no problem saying, who do I need to beat up? <laughs> who, do <I> need to, <laughs> who, who do I need to talk trash to?
0: That's good. Yeah.
1: So it's like, I, I think, um, don't get me wrong, I think uh, being spoiled and selfish can be a flaw. It's, it, it can absolutely still be a flaw, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're a bad person, which... That's that's nice to see. Um, it's, funny,
0: it's funny like we get into the movie and the first thing we talk about is Lottie, which <laughs> is great. So, um, um uh, I I will say early on, what's interesting to see too is we see uh the contrast between where Lottie lives in a big mansion in New Orleans proper, and then where Tiana lives in like a you know a small like row house, not a row house, but like yeah, basically a like a like a lower class neighborhood. And
1: in... I like the fact they don't. They, they didn't think, oh, let's just put her in a nice house, and no, it's 19, like... It's 19, it's an,
0: it's, it's, it's the turn of the century, and they're just living, they're just, they're, they're, like, clearly a working class family. mm mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, the neighborhood is pretty much all...
2: They don't, they didn't, like, they didn't try to step around it or hide, like, some of the, like, the heavier facts of that time period. No, uh, I and mean, they... I really appreciate that with showing like the clearly different classes that both Tiana and Lottie come from. And even right. when like the way the um the guys the, dealing with the property that um the way when the way they treated Tiana.
0: Oh, the Fenner brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
2: Where they they that line of like a woman of your background and you can see like if you're an adult watching and you see just like the, the expression on Tiana's face in that moment, that at that point, and then when, like, Facilia makes her, re- like, see that moment again, like, just, even then, like, there's, like, even more painful when she has to, like, relive that moment, like, they didn't step around that, it's, like, subtle enough that yeah. kids might not pick up on it, right, like, knowingly,
0: but, like, they didn't hide
2: it, and I do appreciate that. Well, I want to put
0: a pin in that too because I want to talk about that moment again it, uh, because it because that factors with Facilia as well
1: actually mm. I, I, I want to bring we'll just bring it up because we're hopping around There's a point when Foscilia is talking to Tiana later in the movie and he's trying to convince her like like we can make your dreams come true he does bring it up like um, things like this don't happen for people like us and I'm like oh yeah
0: <laughs> yeah I mean that that really brings up his motivation. Too, which is interesting. I I, I want to talk about Facilier as a whole because he is without a doubt one of my favorite Disney villains. If not my favorite Disney. Villain. Oh, he is
1: my favorite Disney villain. He is a okay. Let me. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna. I want to.
0: I wanted to give Tiana her due diligence because she's amazing and is like I, I would should... say my favorite of the princesses. But Facilia. Mm, so okay, hold l- on. L- let's, let's go, go back. back. Let's
1: go back. I, you know what? Actually, let me bring up a uh, some background behind Tiana. So Tiana. Uh, voiced by uh, well her adult the adult version of Tiana is voiced by Anika Noni Rose a uh, beautiful singer great actress uh does a very good job yes. um uh and actually so you know how Disney princesses um in the past like they'll usually take inspiration from their voice actor or the animator will take inspiration from their voice actor with mm-hmm. with um Belle it's her like combing her hair behind her ear yeah uh, because the um voice actress did that and then same with little mermaid she kept biting her lip yep um with tiana actually um uh anika noni rose actually came up to um the animators and they're like hey can you make her left-handed like me and they're like <laughs> oh i
0: make- noticed that i noticed that she's left yeah left-handed, she so.
1: like this is like one of the first left Disney's
0: first lefty princess
1: yeah well (laughs) (laughs) well if you it's interesting because if you think about it when you draw you're going to most people are right-handed so when animators are drawing they're going to make the person right-handed because that's often so I you could tell for the uh the animators and I remember seeing the behind the scenes on this um that they said it was kind of a challenge because they never thought to do it left-handed, but it was a fun challenge. Um, They also took her dimples as well. So Tiana's dimples are uh, Anikinoni Rose's dimples. Mm -hmm. I love those dimples. (laughs) They're so cute. (laughs) Um, But uh, Tiana was actually greatly inspired. And this is cool because um, uh, I was going to read this person's book. Uh, Her name is Lee Chase, and she is the owner of Dookie Chase, which is a famous restaurant in New Orleans. And... She actually started as a waitress and worked her way up to create this famous restaurant. So, Tiana's personality and her drive comes from this uh, woman.
0: That's so cool. Yeah.
1: I was, I was, I really wanted to read her book because I'm doing a reading challenge right now and one of the challenges is to read a cooking book uh, memoir. And I saw, um, I was looking at different examples and there was one about, Lee Chase and her opening up Dookie Chase and I'm like that sounds that's so cool and I had no idea (laughs) she was the basis for Tiana but (laughs) I couldn't find the book it's so hard to find that
0: you put it on your list and you find it one of these days Mm -hmm. wish on the evening star yeah (laughs) that will come to you (laughs) oh man um so yeah um and Tiana. We, I, I love that. I love the like introduction to her, and she's great just throughout the movie. Like we, we get her a good sense of who she is uh, when we kind of cut ahead. Um, she's working two jobs mm-hmm. as a waitress at uh, two different places to try and scrounge together the money to buy and set up a restaurant, which uh, she and her uh, her father wanted to like build together. And with one small scene. With one small visual cue, we learn everything we need to know about why he's out of the picture. He's there in a military uniform, and there's a medal pinned to his picture. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, he died in World War I. <sighs>
2: it's a great moment of the show, don't tell. Yes. yes. like
1: storytelling. So uh,
0: This movie is actually very good at that in a yeah. lot of ways, I, I think.
1: I think Dr. Facilier's introduction in um, the song uh, Down in New Orleans is a great show don't tell. It like no words are said. He it's like you see him uh being uh his like uh charlatan self and being like, "Ooh yeah, I have this hair grow. Guy uses hair. It uh and it turns him basically into a werewolf. Uh he laughs like, "Haha, look at how cool I am with my magical abilities." But then
0: And and I got so, and I got money out of it, too.
1: Yeah, but then it, he realizes catches glimpse of Daddy LaBeouf in his fancy car. And
0: giving, like a wad of money to a paperboy.
1: Yeah, and then looks at the penny he has, and then just like uh, like growls, um, and it's like that's enough. Oh my gosh, yeah, totally makes sense. His goal, totally understand where he's coming from.
2: <laughs> I love also that it was like this, like he he employs these like backhanded tactics to like make his money, and he just gets a fuck a. a A nickel for it, and then they contrast that with this this kid, this innocent kid who's you know trying to make an uh, an honest wage and is rewarded with this lot of cash. (laughs) (laughs) Just kind of show that like his actions aren't are never going to be pay him. You know they're never going to be worth it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, that you can definitely see how he can factor that into that line, which that pin back out again. It's never going to be like this for people like us. Mm. And Kayla and I have talked about this at length. Facilier. Dr. Facilier possesses all this phenomenal, magical power. He's this, you know, bokor who can, like, command shadow monsters and, you know, cut all these deals and transform people. But he he can't make anything of himself in the way he wants to. He He, he can't get rich that way.
1: So, for those who don't know, uh, a bokor is a, a loner who has broken away from voodoo religion, and they've made packs with dark voodoo spirits and sell magic for money.
0: They're essentially, they're essentially sorcerers. Yes. If you go with the classic anthropological definition of a sorcerer, they're a, a practitioner of, uh, of dark magic.
1: And I'm going to bring this up because, oh my god, the voice actor for Dr. Facilier is Keith David. Damn!
2: <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will never tire of that man's voice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. Oh my gosh! Every time I hear it, like I just my ears just feel joy.
0: <laughs> if you ever want to really enjoy some, like, essentially Keith David ASMR, watch Ken Burns Jazz. All of it is narrated by Keith David. It's amazing.
1: Um. Also, a uh, fun fact. Um. Uh, the space between Doctor Celia's t- teeth. Um, is based off of uh Keith David's oh. uh, little gap between his teeth. Oh,
0: okay, I can kinda see that. That makes sense. Uh, and we'll get more, more into Facilier in a little bit, but yeah, no, Keith David's amazing. I just just phenomenal voice actor, great actor in general. Um it is really weird because to go from you know, watching this movie but before that playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition and being like, Oh yeah, there's Captain Anderson, it's Keith David <laughs> I'm a, Dr Facilia is gonna it's, tell us that we need to uh we we need to help the council fight the Reapers
1: it's Goliath from
0: gargoyles yeah that's true oh, yeah that's also true
1: uh he's a ta- oh man talented voice so tales from the hood da- too man
0: <laughs> welcome to hell yeah anyway, <laughs> I'll not go through the rest of that um but yeah we got a nice montage there with uh down in New Orleans. We learn a little more a bit more about Tiana. She's a workaholic for good reason. She has a goal, and she's working to get to it. That's her. That's her thing. Mm-hmm. We also get Naveen and Lawrence introduced in this song. Um,
1: no, Naveen, the spoiled, the spoiled, selfish prince to match, uh, Charlotte LeBeuf's own s- s- spoiledness. But um,
0: he's more of a playboy, though. Obviously, yeah.
1: So his goal in life, and actually, this phrase that he says in later on in. Uh, when we're human is, um, uh, life is short when you're, uh, dead, you're done. We're on the surf to have some fun. That's his idea. Yeah. That's his, so he's like, well, it's like, we don't have much time. So like, let's enjoy life. Let's tear let's, it up. Let's have fun.
0: So yeah, no, he's, he, and he's great. He's fun. I'm... He He's, uh. I like how there's not really a specific comedy relief character. Everybody gets their moments to be goofy. Even Tiana mm-hmm. does. Mm-hmm. And Naveen is definitely like on the goofier end, but that's what I like about him as a character.
2: I really enjoy he's... his his growth as a character. Like, cause he definitely gets to like discover himself a bit. And I really appreciate that. Because I don't... The Disney princes, at least earlier on, And I mean, Aladdin, I'm not going to count Aladdin because that movie was about him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, like, the Disney princesses are pretty boring. And Naveen yeah. is just refreshing and fun, and I love him. Like, he's so smooth and whatnot, but then as soon as he's like, oh, actual feelings, I'm a blumbling idiot, and,
1: like, I, you know, don't know how to propose. He's, okay, where does Naveen... I, lo- I will say, I think Naveen has the stronger character development compared to Tiana.
0: He has a bigger character arc in terms of growth.
1: Yeah. Well, but there's a... There is a lot... He- That um, he starts with, and then what he turns into is quite a change. Like, he actually matures.
2: Mm -hmm. Tiana was already a very mature character to begin with. Her thing, and I don't, I do think, I think they both have pretty equal, like, character growth. With Naveen, I think it's more apparent, because he starts out so childish and selfish, and he had a lot to mature. And we, we see more of that throughout the movie, whereas Tiana takes a longer time to kind of realize, like, oh... I, I should focus, I shouldn't just focus on, like, my career goals. I also need love in my life. But she does make that same, like, journey.
1: He, here's the interesting part. I think, um well, when I first saw the, this movie, I was confused. Because uh, I don't know if, I'm not sure if this was told as well in the film, but, like, as a, because when I was 19, I thought, well, what, I don't understand. Like, I you're supposed to work hard. Because that was... I, I I had the same mindset as Tiana. Like, no, you have to work hard to get where you are. Like, you can't just expect things to happen. I don't understand this whole... Like, love's not going to get you there. But it's not until, I, like, through age and maturity... Like, I was 20 when I saw this film. And I'm this is, like, 11 years later. And I realize now that, like, you can't... It's that idea, like, your career, your job is you should not use it to satisfy you. Having people in your life, not just romantic, and I'm afraid that kind of leans towards that in this film. Because that's the Disney
0: thing. It's got to be a romance of some kind. And I kind of like that Tiana's, like, a strong, independent woman who don't need no man. But
1: but I get what the movie means, though, because just having work in your life isn't going to satisfy you. Yes, crazy.
2: Uh, I think it wasn't, it's not, not exactly. Cause I mean, for Tiana, yes, she was working to get her restaurant, but it was, but the work of like owning her restaurant and like cooking, that wasn't work to her. That was her passion. I think it's more a message of like, yes, have a passion and pursue it. But if you don't have, if you don't have, say family instead of just saying like a romantic partner we're gonna say family to share that with and that family could be blood or it could be found family which is what i'm gonna call ray and lewis and lottie Mm -hmm. found family if you don't have someone to share that with then then do you have what you need you don't have what you need then as a bummer yeah
1: i no and i as i got older i start i did come to realize that um especially now, uh, discussing this with my family, so, my found family. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that you said it much better than I did, that, yeah, it is her passion, and she, it, it is important to work for it, but it doesn't mean much, and if you don't have that to share it with, or people to share it with, some people that you love to share it with.
0: Not to mention being able to cut loose a little bit.
1: mm mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: See, I told you she wasn't gonna come with us. It's <laughs> like the first thing I went on. She's a stick in the mud. And I'm like, yeah, but by the end of the movie, she's the one with the riverboat-themed restaurant. So <laughs> where are you at, random background person?
2: Um, but, but, I mean, you'll go ahead. Part of the reason that I, I do love Tiana so much is because she's such a hardworking uh, character. And like that's part like why I love Almost There so much, because I have my own pursuits. And like I so I see myself a lot. In Tiana, so like not not bashing on her hardworking attitude too much because I do love her very much for it. Mm-hmm. So, no, absolutely. That that mm-hmm. gif, that little part where she like when we first see her as an adult and she's just collapsing in bed. I've used that gif so many times to describe my life. So.
1: No uh, <laughs> yeah, like, as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, I, I know that how that feels. Yeah, I yeah, felt yeah. that before. We are
2: millennials, we know that feel. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, and then that's the setup. That's basically the setup, and then, um, what kind of kicks everything off in terms of, uh
0: Getting on everybody into the right place at the right time.
1: Well, luckily, uh, I mean, Prince Navina's here. He's staying with Charlotte LaBeouf, and then she's gonna have uh, a p- a party in hopes of, you know, getting him to marry her and like fall in love, you know, that whole thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But then hires <laughs> Deanna for his man catching beignets. <laughs> I love that. I love <laughs> that so much.
2: <laughs> I mean, if you I... want, if you wanted my heart, give me a platter of beignets, I'm sold. Oh yeah, it's like having have,
0: <laughs> have Tiana's been Yes been scientifically proven in the past to catch men? Because like Lottie seems to speak from experience.
1: <laughs> Maybe. Well, I mean, I mean I bet you
0: Lottie's had a string of broken hearts in her time, you mm. know.
1: I will say though I mean, Tiana mentions like the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. And yeah, you know what? And I feel like that's just the case in general with people. You feed them, they are happy. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I mean, if you some have the... a pet, that's how it works. Oh yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs>
2: well, I think the some of the like I, one of the reasons I love food so much is because it is always a good time when you are having food with people. Like the best way to like get to know people is to share meals with them.
1: Yeah. So it, it's kind. Of, I mean. It, in the beginning of the movie, it's, um, one of the things that Tiana's father says, the great yeah. thing about food, it brings together, um, people from every walk of life. And it's true. Yeah. Like, food is absolutely a bonding experience. That's mm-hmm. why, like, if you think about any event that you have, food is almost always included. Like, you go on a date. Oh, we're gonna grab dinner. You, um, are having a celebration. Let's go grab lunch. Um, uh, it's a wedding. Let's make sure to um, get a caterer. Food is always involved in any special moment in your life. And the food in this film is amazing and looks good. I actually, after this film, learned how to, like, knew I wanted to make beignets at some point, And it took me uh, three tries to finally get it right. And it's a very long. It is very hard to make good beignets. Yes. It is very hard. So, and it takes a long time. So my my suggestion to anyone who wants to make beignets: do not take the easy route. Do not do the like. Oh, let me try the thirty minute way. No, it's not gonna. It's not gonna work. It's not gonna taste as good. Do, go 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 the like long way. Take take your time with them.
0: <laughs> take do do it right. <laughs> do it right. Do it right. Uh... Can we, can we talk about the best the best scene in the movie?
2: Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um,
0: which is the introduction of Dr. Facilier. Who we kind of got in the beginning, but when he meets uh, Naveen and Lawrence and brings them to his voodoo emporium mm-hmm. and sings the best song in the movie, in my opinion.
1: No, I, I have to... The best
0: villain, one of the best villain songs ever. And it's... Okay. The animation makes me want to die because it's so good.
1: But first for first, so... I want to pretend that, like, let's visualize the film, and it gets to the part where he sings, I got friends on the other side, and this is when you see the entrance to his emporium. Oh, yeah. And the door is opening. The spooky
0: leaves blowing across the ground.
1: Let's pause it. If you look to the left, you see this horrible, hideous thing that looks (laughs) like something out of Hellraiser, and I remember seeing it and pausing it, and my apologies for cursing, and I know you're going to cover it with with, like, a Donald Duck noise, but what the f*** is that thing? What is that thing? Because it, it, like, n- and nobody comments on it. That's the most baffling thing. Whenever I try to look it up online, like... D- has anyone else noticed this? It never pops up. And I don't understand it's why. It's a bit ne- of
0: creepy decor. It's probably the creepiest thing he has. It
1: is frightening. Like, that thing is going to give me nightmares. And then you just happen to point out, you're like, oh, there's a bowl in front of it, which means he worships it. And I'm like, what demon is he worshiping? I did say,
0: well, <laughs> at the very least, it's a little offering. Like, it's like when you leave a bowl of milk out for, for a cat.
1: What is it? It has nails in it. Its eyes are glowing red. What is this? thing. It's horrifying.
0: Kayla, would it be more horrifying if you asked people if they saw this and no one acted like they saw this? And then we were watching it, and I was like, that that thing. I'm like, what thing? (laughs) I don't see anything. It's just a blank corner.
1: (laughs) No, it just... I was shocked that nobody has ever brought it up before. And I need to bring attention to it. People, pause this. Like, if you go to it, pause it. It is scary looking. And it's in the background, which is like a, like a what?
0: So yeah, now it's got off your (laughs) chest. Now everyone's going to notice it forever.
1: Yeah. Go, go. Yeah. Rewatch this. Pause at that moment and notice this horrifying thing (laughs) in the background that will haunt your nightmares. Enjoy.
0: Um, So this is the best. Uh, This song has the best visuals. Uh, The colors are intense. You know, it's going to be evil when you start getting lime green. Uh, colors and uh, there's some cool visual gags. Uh, I really noticed it this time more than anything. Um, I mean, obviously, there's the thing where he's dancing and his shadow is moving independently of him, doing different things, which is always fun to see. Uh, I didn't notice really closely until this time, but the way when his shadow falls over the wallpaper behind his chair for one scene. Like, the wallpaper is a vague skull and crossbones pattern, but it's kind of like a Damask kind of deal. But wherever his shadow falls over it, it turns into proper skull and claw- crossbones wallpaper. That was really cool. That was really cool. <laughs> uh, and then, look. and And the other thing I want to say is what's so refreshing about this is this is a Disney villain who is a proper Disney villain. He mm-hmm. is showboating. He is... He is all spectacle and flash. He loves doing this. He is reveling in the evil, nasty villain quality. And that is a good Disney villain, let's in be, my opinion. Let's
1: be honest. The part where he's like, I ready?" is oh, such candy. Such animation candy. Like
0: when he's got the skull mask oh. and skull face paint, and it gets all like, like whenever the green f- mist swirls over him, he gets like glowing neon colors. It's like,
1: uh, by the way, that dance he does um, is actually an homage to Dick Van Dyke's dance in uh, the Penguin Dance in Oh my gosh, uh, Mary Poppins.
0: That's hilarious.
2: Cute. I don't know that. All right, I-, I went back to look at the thing that Kayla was going on about because I was like, what? how could I have missed some much monstrosity? And like, okay, yeah, that thing is terrifying. I love it. <laughs> 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 no and nobody ever notices it and that's yeah it's a very quick scene and he's pointing at his door so like if you're you have to definitely not be paying attention to him to notice it
1: Mm-hmm. so there you go enjoy go go look for it listeners <laughs>
0: uh what else could i gush about you should here? uh well, it's just
1: take a screen cap of it
2: and like tweet it out for the, um, at yes.
0: a <laughs> Yeah. I think that's a good way to help promote this. Like what the heck is this?
1: Yes. <laughs> is anybody
0: else bothered by the fact that there's this shrine to pinhead out here? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know m- what, what else to say about this scene because I, again, I don't necessarily want to like hyper scrutinize everything in this movie. I'm kind of liking that. We are just flowing with what we want to talk about talking points, mm-hmm. but I have to single out this scene in particular because, my goodness, this is my favorite villain song. It, was it is my favorite really
2: villain song, and this yes. Is... Wendy, I, I love um, the cards, the way he kind of, like, tells the... He tells pretty much Naveen's and Lawrence's stories with his cards. And that, yes. that one little detail that I've always liked about that is when he's like, and it's the green you need, you see Levine on this pile of cash, but it's shaped like a lily pad.
1: Yes,
2: I saw that too. on the card. So I just that's so in detail that's always stuck out to me, and I really like it.
0: There's some great foreshadowing in this in this yeah. bit. Like you know what he's gonna do. Of all the things he decides to do, he's like, "Oh, turn him into a frog." Okay, I guess that's a good idea.
1: The okay.
0: I mean, I, his magic is kind of dependent on his pacts he's made with the dark spirits, but you know, mm-hmm.
1: I will I will say the main issue with this film is the fact there are. Way too many loopholes. And there's points where it gets a little convoluted.
0: There's a big one I want to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. but, should we just talk about it now?
1: Are you, like, Are we talking about like, Dr. Posillia's plan where it's kind of ridiculous? Like, Okay, his goal is to get a fake Prince Naveen married. Why I have no... like, I, I'm confused about it. Because he wants to be able to kill... Daddy LeBeau, but then why would he get the power? He's not marrying her. No, but he's gonna
2: he's gonna control Lawrence and have Lawrence, you know, maybe give him the money or just in some way he was gonna
0: manipulate Lawrence to do what he wanted. Yeah, yeah. He probably
2: would have called killed Lottie off too. Yeah, Yeah, honestly, he only has to deal with Lawrence.
0: Essentially, he he does the spell first. Like now, you gotta fulfill your end of the bargain. I am getting you the sweet life you've always wanted. You know, cushy and nice. And all you gotta do is cut, give me and a cut, cut a, of the entire fortune, 60, 60 40, 40. like we agreed. <laughs>
1: um.
0: And the only the only reason he waits to kill Daddy LaBeouf is he has to wait till they're legally married, and Naveen, quote unquote, has access to the LaBeouf fortune.
1: Yeah, that's because okay.
0: once once Big Daddy LaBeouf is out of the picture, Charlotte is the heir. That's true, and then
1: he would just need to kill Charlotte, and then yeah, okay, yeah, it just feels real, like. A lot of hoops to get to
0: Uh, I mean I can kinda respect that part of it though, because I feel like there's a lot of hoops he has to jump through anyway in it's, order um, to even do his magic.
2: It's a very telenovela type of plot. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm not gonna fault him for that.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Um it's but then it's kinda like, okay, she kisses him and turns into a frog. Okay. Totally uh that plot follows it and then they have to figure out a way to become human again totally understandable story plot but then it's like oh you the wish the reason you didn't do that is because you actually have to marry a princess or not marry a you have to kiss a princess okay where are we gonna find a princess just so happens it counts that Lottie because her dad's gonna be king of Mardi Gras is gonna be princess for a day but then that doesn't work because they only have 24 hours um and then uh, it only works because he marries tiana and then kisses her and then they that's how they become human because he she now is a quote-unquote princess because loopholes magic <laughs> are you complaining oh. i thought that was all pretty clever i and loved it, okay, all that and, I, okay I, I think it's it's just very it's just it'd be okay it's just loophole after loophole after. it's a little too yeah this this
0: movie is about exploiting magical loopholes yeah let's be sincere
1: it is clever don't get me wrong it's clever but at the same time it's a little too i mean
2: we're still talking about a disney movie
1: that is okay well
0: it's most disney movies i think are pretty straightforward with their magic this is like how do we subvert it how do we subvert (laughs) it how do we subvert it um (laughs) I will say, I think what's nice, but I think almost more important though than the fact that the marriage is what causes the, the loophole that breaks the spell on the frogs is the fact that they the whole want versus need thing is kind of the like a benchmark of the movie too. Like there's a big undercurrent of that. They no longer cared if they were human or not.
1: Yeah. That... So
0: once they had what they needed. Then, and not what they wanted, then the spell broke too. That was actually... So.
1: That I actually thought was very sweet and...
0: Mama Odie knew the whole time. You know Mama Odie knew the whole oh, time. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, fun fact. Mama Odie is actually based off a of Voodoo Priestess. Uh, Two... Well, uh, she was partly inspired by Ava K. Jones, uh, who is a legit Voodoo Priestess and has a snake that she dances with, as well as uh, a New Orleans storyteller named Colleen Sally, but... Ava K Jones is, uh, the main voodoo priestess that actually, um, Clemens and Musker spent uh, their spent time their time with, with. Mm-hmm. and she was the one who told them about Bokers and stuff like that.
0: That's cool. And you know, for anybody who who wonders, I, I do appreciate that, that this this um uh, you know a lot of more ignorant things would be like Doctor Facilier is voodoo and that's voodoo. Now you get you get the you get the actual voodoo or like a closer to the what voodoo is. Mm-hmm. You know too well, when you meet mama Odie,
1: but i mean there it is true there's not a, perfect but the but, thing is there's a bad voodoo and there is good voodoo that is actually something that is a yeah part of, of course the voodoo yeah you get
0: both you get both halves of voodoo mm-hmm. and again you could probably be more accurate with it but they brought in consultants and if the consultants were happy if they really were happy i
1: don't know that's the only thing um oh i probably should we should probably bring up um because i know we're dr- almost there the song Almost There. Oh yeah,
0: okay, going back. <laughs> almost There, good song. <laughs> uh, Sade mentioned it earlier.
1: It is a, it's a very good song. It, um, Anika Noni Rose is sings it very well. By the way, the art is actually based off um, Harlem Renaissance painter uh, Aaron Douglas. I thought so. Yeah, his Art techno style is the inspiration.
0: I love the art in that scene. That's so cool. That's such a good sequence. That's a good song.
1: Um, um, yeah. <laughs>
0: oh uh so i mean we're kind of doing i feel like we're kind of uh doing it based on characters so like we've, we've already talked a little bit about mama Odie, weirdly enough despite mm-hmm. but what about the rest of the gang so like naveen and tiana well, they meet each other they
1: become frogs they become frogs
0: <laughs> they have to escape the party which i gotta give credit to the the different costumes at the party that was kind of fun i like the i like the guy who's the octopus that takes all the drinks off the drink platter but then when the two of them run by being chased by Stella the dog the guy just shrugs and dumps all the wine <laughs> out of the glasses <laughs> well
1: I'm getting cut off
0: I've hit my I've hit my limit uh, I like that Zorro was one of the characters at the costume party
2: Mhm There's even that's a like... one
1: that looks kind of looks like Aladdin and Jasmine
0: Yeah that's right <laughs>
1: <laughs> And of course we got to make a Stella reference because you know uh, streetcar named Desire. Stella. I, I mean, that takes place in New Orleans. If it's true. Yeah,
0: Stella gets one line. Tiana.
1: <laughs> the dog talks. Um. Yeah, when they discovered that they become animals, they can actually understand. Uh, uh, animals. You know, I find it interesting that Tiana is the one that's freaking out, but like. Naveen just totally runs with the whole, like, oh, yeah, it's mucus. This is, yeah, that's just how frogs work. Well, he runs with it. He's having
0: fun with (laughs) it. Naveen, I think, again, the strength of of him is that he's good at going with the flow.
2: Yeah, it's already his character to just kind of bounce with whatever happens.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean. (laughs) Bounce. I mean, even early on when they're in the bayou and they're just, you know, they're making their way downriver. He's the one who's already picked up a... Spiderweb mandolin and is playing Dippermouth blues, which is how they meet Lewis. And then he's immediately able to kind of, um, you know, befriend Lewis, which is great because of the jazz and also what their their plans to, you know, go see uh, Mama Odie. And um, Lewis is interesting. Uh, I I think I've I think he grew on me as time went on in terms of the character because back when I first saw him, like oh gosh, he's a an annoying sidekick character. This is big. Goofy Gator. But as the more I've watched him like okay, I can actually appreciate the the character. I can appreciate the humor and I think he's again like a lot of like he's he's one of those well-crafted Disney sidekicks, I think.
1: So um an earlier version of lewis uh was that he was supposed to be human um and actually was an accountant that dreamed of becoming a uh, trumpet player and Dr. Fasili uh gave him the ability to play the trumpet but then was like surprise you're now a gator. <laughs> but they the right uh uh, Clemens and Musker thought that was a little too like they already got too much going on it's easier just to make him a gator that loves to play the trumpet okay that is the funniest uh, scene in that film in this film this is probably the scene that made me laugh the most is when they're he's, he's like oh I want to play with with the big fellows," and they're like why don't you <laughs> oh I did once I tried but once <laughs> <laughs> it didn't end well I love That's that so a- much Cuts to a plane on a riverboat and <laughs> she jumps and they shoot
0: at him. The, the, the fact that like a, a like 50, 50 guns just start shooting at the water from the riverboat from the distance is such a classic like almost Warner Brothers cartoon moment. Mm, it's yeah. great.
1: Cuts back to it didn't end well.
0: <laughs> it's such a great bit. Ah, oh, What a good joke. I love that. Joke <laughs> had an almost Hatfield quiz
1: well there's no other like cutaways but it, like but it doesn't it doesn't even matter it's so good
0: it's it's very good uh but yeah
1: I, I
2: do love Lewis like even from the first viewing I was like well because I love music I love the music so I automatically love Lewis and I did used to have a Lewis plush with his little trumpet
0: Aww. Supposedly, the plot of the new Splash Mountain is is that Lewis has lost his trumpet in the water, and you're <laughs> looking for it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Where did that, he get that trumpet? I don't know.
1: I know people have said when we're human is not been their favorite. I genuinely enjoy that song. I like. I all like all the, the songs. song. I like.
2: Yeah, I like all the songs. Mm-hmm. Is it's? I mean, I think almost there is probably my favorite favorite, and then um friends on the other side and then from there i'll take any of them but like mm. they're all good songs i'll sing yeah. them all like karaoke night we're putting the whole soundtrack <laughs> on the on the playlist
0: yeah, yeah. that works
1: friends on the, yeah i think friends on the other side is my favorite um followed by uh uh down in new orleans um i can tell you what my least favorite is but i, I, I can yeah. tell you what
0: my least favorite is too but I'll, we'll get to that yeah i don't actually don't know what yours is
1: We'll get to that. Uh, But yeah, uh, no, I like Lewis. Um, I do find the scene with them trying to get a fly awkward. Like, there's something, I don't know, like, it's a little, it's wacky, but I feel like it's, I don't know. Like, I think it's a little, like, the wackiness feels a little out of place for me. Like, when their tongues get all stuck together and then they get twisted Eh, together.
0: It's okay. It didn't bother me. I don't know. It's
1: not the I, most I can... interesting
2: scene. It was kind of how they brought Raymond in, and and that's fine.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I really, mm-hmm. honestly, don't have any faults with this movie. It's just a good time beginning done for me. Yeah, yeah, I have,
0: I have one, one major gripe, mm-hmm. and I'll bring it up. It's more of a plot thing, but, but Raymond, Raymond, voiced by the legendary Jim Cummings.
1: Which, okay, I know people are like, oh, did they just get Jim Cummings because he voices, like, everything now? Funny enough, he grew up in New Orleans. Like, he actually worked on a riverboat and everything. Like, uh-huh. he is a New Orleans boy. So, that that's kind of cool that he got to do this.
0: It was easy enough for him to slip into that Cajun accent, mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> no, he's great in this part, too. This might mm-hmm. be one of my favorite Jim Cummings roles, so.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're from very far part- Oh, <laughs> you've i don't even know what the line is but the way he says it is so funny which one uh they're uh, like a uh he's like uh uh where are you guys from and he's like oh we're from very far away and he's like oh are you from this place oh <laughs> like yeah that's right it. i don't even know what he says but it makes me laugh um uh he's just to- he's just a lot of fun he is
0: and mm-hmm. uh and going down Going down the bio is great because we, we do, I like that we get a little Zydeco music in here too. Yeah. A little Zydeco representation. I like that the fireflies are basically a, Zy, a, a Zydeco uh, species. <laughs> at least these, these these fireflies are Zydeco fire, fireflies. They like the music.
1: So um, fun fact, uh, 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 Ray is based off of a, their tour guide um, that they had at the bayou. He also had a gap between his two and he was Cajun. And he was the one who fed alligators over the side of the boat. <laughs> the marshmallows to the uh-huh. alligators.
0: They really did take a lot from that trip, didn't they?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and his name was Reggie. I think they originally they were planning to name the character Reggie, but then decided, uh, we'll just go with Raymond.
0: Or Ray, because it's a Firefly name and it has to be a pun.
1: Yeah. Um, But yeah, the I think...
0: I love the visuals in this song too because the way the fireflies light up the swamp
1: oh yeah Mm
0: -hmm.
2: it's
1: very pretty yeah okay this whole film in terms of animation i'm gonna just say here is so visually appealing like i'm just watching it and my jaws
0: dropped at how gorgeous this film is it's an absolute treat to watch and visually this is why one of the main reasons oh this
1: um we also get introduced to the fact that uh he is in love with a star in the sky named evangeline Oh yeah. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh fun fact, uh, Evangeline comes from uh Nathaniel Hawthorne po- poem about a Cajun woman named Evangeline. Oh,
0: I didn't know this.
1: Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, if we're talking about Raymond, we have to talk about
2: the worst scene in this movie. Which when, is when Facilio steps on him. Uh, oh yeah. But, yeah, okay, well, that's let's, not let's... only
0: is Ray a great character, but he gets a tragic death.
2: Yeah, but, like, the end of it is so sweet, because then he, like, turns into a star, and like, I I almost tear up every time.
1: (laughs) I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I think everyone, when they saw this film, was like, oh, no, and we all kind of expected him to, like, have a, oh, he's not really dead moment, and we're, I, yeah, yeah, we,
0: I was, I know I was in the theater, like, like, I remember, like, you know, you see him lying there on the ground, and then Facilier just, like, steps on him, and just, like, Thumbs you don't even see him step on him. You just see
2: Facilier and you hear the, the scrunchy, the crunchy <gasps> yeah. squish. Well, nah, to, like, I didn't think we'd see him again. I was like, oh, man.
0: To me, um, what's so cr- great about that part, though, too, though, is just the way again, Facilier just kind of, like, rubs his nose, adjusts his jacket and walks away like it's nothing. He literally just stepped on a bug. Yeah. What does that matter to him? So,
1: And then I actually thought, like, oh, this is... Basically, this is just gonna lead to a part where it's a fake-out death, or he comes back to life, and he's okay. I did not expect him to die. That shocked me. I was like, wait, he's dead? Like, he's literally dead? Dead? Like, they killed him dead? Wow, movie. I didn't think you would go there, but...
0: You killed the comic relief Firefly.
1: Wow. I think there's only, like... Out of all the
2: Disney movies that I can think of, there's only one other scene in a Disney movie that has made me been just like, oh no, Then that squish moment. And that was in, like, Luca most recently.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh,
2: I, 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 I watched it. Me. I watched it with Lorrae And there's this part, and we were both just like, it <laughs> hurt. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I swear. I'm trying not to. Yeah, it's okay. No, doing it's good, okay. Doing good. You've been
1: doing good so far, actually. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I... Uh, I I was genuinely shocked, but then the fact that it shows that he becomes a star that joins her—that mm-hmm. okay, that is beautiful. That is sweet. I kind of like that. Is a good, uh that is a good turn of events. He becomes and. the second star on the left. Yep. Uh suppose and Evangeline is actually <laughs> the the way to get to Neverland
0: because
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she is the second star to the right, and straight on till morning.
0: There you go. There you go. It's beautiful. beautiful. It really yeah. is. Like, like they, like normally you, you think that kind of stuff is easy, but no. The the movie earned that. Like, oh, I feel yeah. like the story earned that moment.
1: Well, mm-hmm. what's int- the the star has always been there from like the very beginning. Like, or Evangeline had been there from the very beginning. It's like, oh look, but
0: the first thing we see in the movie is Evangeline.
1: Yeah, and then it like the whole idea is like, oh, if you wish upon a star, it's it's believed to come true, and that's the idea. Uh, and when Tiana thinks that she is just going to lose everything, um, thought that there's no way of her going to get her restaurant now. The next thing she does is wish upon the star, and then later learns that he calls her Evangeline. And then the funny part is, like, both she and Naveen, like, when they're trying to, like, figure out things, they look up at Evangeline and they talk to her, (laughs) and we're like, oh, Evangeline, could what do you think I should do? I'm
0: like, that is so sweet. I want to say that the moment preceding the song, too, has a really good character-building moment between Tiana and Naveen that I really like. Mm -hmm. Because, like, we were commenting, like, rarely in a lot of the earlier movies did, like, the, you know, prince and princess characters get a lot of time to have chemistry before. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, you get to, like, you know, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and other things. So, it's you know, it's not like it's old. It's not like it's, like, anything new at this point. But since they spend the whole movie together being kind of antagonistic, but then, like, growing closer as they learn more about each other Mm -hmm. and help each other out and do things. I really enjoyed the moment when they kind of get, where even Naveen actually gets a little vulnerable. Yeah. And he talks about, like, how he, there was a certain point in his life where he realized, I don't know how to do anything. And that, that, I was, I don't know what it was about that moment, but that hit me. I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. Because maybe it's like that feeling like, well, sometimes if you do have it too easy, it's like, well, when you get out on your own, what do you do?
1: I think that. that It's not his fault. I think that's also a fear now, especially with millennials after they graduate college, because they're, I mean, we've been taught throughout our lives, like, oh, you just need to go to college, and then the jobs will come to you, but then that wasn't the case, and we're like, yeah, we don't really know how to do anything, and we're just supposed to expect to be, okay, just figure it out.
0: I mean, they, they really did kind of, I mean, and his his parents really did kind of throw him into that situation, you know, mm-hmm. get married or get a job. Yeah. At least that's the way Lawrence puts it.
1: Basically, yeah, because he's been cut off by his his royal family. Yeah. And he has two choices. Get a job to start making money or uh, get married married to someone rich. And that's (laughs) why he comes to America to marry Charlotte Boe because she has Mm. money.
0: What I think is so sweet about this moment, though, is the way that, you know, again, they encourage each other. Like, how Tiana, like, hears this and, like, then gets, like, real encouraging about him just being able to mince, which is something seemingly super simple. But Mm -hmm. then he just does it. And then... He's so proud of himself that he just starts mincing everything to show that he can do it.
2: It's really it's, sweet. It's super cute because they don't just leave it there. He like, when he tries to propose, he minces her a bunch of stuff. And then at the very end, when like Tiana's mother and Naveen's parents are gonna like, are sitting at the table together. He like presents them this plate of all these vegetables that he minced himself. And you like know he was like, oh, let me do this for my parents. So I can show them I learned something. And it's super
0: cute. It's very cute. <laughs> But to say he doesn't know how to do anything doesn't isn't necessarily fair cuz what I another thing I like is when we get into the song when we get mm-hmm. into Mabel Evangeline he uh, he he dances with uh Tiana and mm-hmm. like shows her basically leads her in the dance shows her how to dance we know he knows how to play music he knows all the like entertainment stuff
1: but i, I think another thing too is he is good with his words he is the, i mean he was able to convince He's, he's Lewis he, to He's got a high out. charisma
0: score. He does.
1: <laughs> he is a bard in
2: he's D&D. Bard. <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I just love the moment that he's just like you can start kind of see what he it, it's another reminder to me what he offers to Tiana, who already seems like she's a really already got a lot going for her. And you can see how they bolster each other. Yeah. And I love I love that. I, I'm, I know it's a simple thing, but they, it, it, it it's important. And especially I like the moment when they're Dancing slash swimming together. And here's Ray in the background singing about love is wonderful, love is beautiful. And I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. Got me in the feels this time. By this the whole
2: way, movie is a lot of feels. Yeah. yeah.
1: By the way, I realize there's a scene in here and nobody talks about it or eventually everybody's like, oh yeah, I forgot that was in there. Is the moment when the rednecks take them and oh, trade the to- frog see. catchers? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I I was watching it again. And I was like, I forgot about these guys. Yeah, but it is yeah. kind of like I think it's kind of like thrown in there as like a weird like, oh look, you two can work together if you try kind of moment. Yeah, need
0: an action scene of some kind to break it up—a cartoony action scene with effectively the three stooges of swampy yokels.
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a bad scene necessarily, and it actually yeah. does work to help bond them, and it does feel necessary, but it is weirdly forgettable like every time i watch the film like i'm like yeah i remember this part this part i always i'm like oh yeah the yokels this scene and i always forget about it <laughs> so, and i don't know and i try to think well is there a way to make it memorable and i can't think of anything it's i, I do feel like it's a necessary scene but i i don't know why it's just so forgettable but yeah i i figured I I, wanted, I I wanted to see like what you guys thought like with this scene, because it is... it some... is. Re-
0: I remember the scene happening, I just didn't remember the specifics of the characters. So it always surprised me when we got Two Finger with his two fingers, he just <laughs> mumbles. You got the big guy who, every time he gets a hit in the head, nothing happens. He just kind of goes, oh. Doesn't react at all. Uh, they're there. They're fine. They serve their purpose. One of them is Corey Burton.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot
0: that.
2: <laughs> um... Are we going to get to
1: Madame Modi? Oh
2: man, we yeah. even talked about Modi.
0: Well, we we did talk about her a little bit earlier. Um I'm just going to say it right now now. I think Dig a Little Deeper is my least favorite song.
2: Oh, really?
0: Personally. Yeah. Personally. I mean,
2: it's the one that I if I'm if I got a Disney playlist that I'm putting together, it's one that I don't ever think to add, but I did find yeah. myself like singing along and just kind of dancing in my seat while I was watching, while I was eating, I was eating while I was watching.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not uh, I mean, I want to stress, it's not a bad song. I'm just saying in in a, in a, mo- a movie that has a lot of good songs, it's the one that I go, eh, I could skip it.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I think um, that is my second to least favorite, because it is, I think the reason why, it's it's a short song. Huh. Uh, but what's your
0: What's your least favorite, then?
1: Uh, going Down the Bayou. Oh, really? I don't hate it. Now, here's the thing. I don't hate the song, but whenever I've ever tried to listen to it on its own, I just can't really, like, I, I can't finish it. it's just not as interesting oh, it doesn't I think it's because it is so repetitive
2: those <laughs> I feel top. like both those songs work well when you're watching the movie. They don't yes. work so well on their own
1: yeah like' cause one of the things that makes the song uh dig a little deeper as appealing as it is or enjoyable as it is is the visuals with like the um what are those birds cranes yeah. And hey, the
0: Dooby dooby doo, let your body turn, goo. <laughs> no,
1: no, we do not talk about that. Um,
0: well, I, it, it, I, it, it, as a gospel number, though, as a fun, like, kind of gospel-inspired number, it is fun.
1: Yeah, it's just, but like, <laughs> the Cranes jumping, and uh, when they're up in the trees, and then there's these colors, and it's just gorgeous looking. Again, this animation is insane.
0: The spirit bottles are a nice touch.
1: Mm -hmm. Like,
0: having all the spirit bottles be more refracted light, that was a good touch.
1: Uh, yeah, and Anika Noni Rose just, like, bolt and, like... Oh, yeah, she just had one
0: line, she just, like, really belts.
1: And you're just like, oh, yeah, I forgot, she sings very well. (laughs) Um, uh, but, yeah, like, I think Mama Odie's a fun character, uh...
0: She has a snake.
1: She has a snake. Actually this is uh her the other moment that I laughed out loud was uh was uh when they're like asking questions and she says, Hush up and look into the gumbo
0: <laughs> 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 Um We talked a little bit about the proposal on the riverboat. Mm hmm. Lewis gets to blend in because everybody's dressed as the animal for Mardi Gras. So he can
1: finally play with the like the other jazz players
0: yep he gets to actually. he okay. actually makes it all the way to a mardi gras float by the end of it i
1: love the part where he realizes stuff
2: is going on like raymond flies by and he immediately like oh i have to get through this crowd and goes into like gator mode that <laughs> yes. makes me laugh so hard
0: it's a real gator
1: <laughs> it's a real gator <laughs> <laughs>
0: um
1: oh um, i know the part that you hate okay so this
0: is okay I mean, we've been here for a while, we've yeah. been having a good time, right? Mm-hmm. And this movie, you know, doesn't really have any, like, logical flaws. We're, we're good with what's going on here, right? Like, it does a good job being subtle, getting, you know, getting, like, and that, maybe not too subtle, but, like, you know, subtle enough that it's getting the nuances across of, like, the time period and where people live in and stuff like that. Why is Tiana heartbroken at the fact that she sees Naveen up on the thing with Charlotte when we, she knows there's an imposter Naveen out there because she saw him at the party and then talked to the frog and is like, I have no idea who that is out there. All I know is I just woke up as, like,
2: All right, maybe I know, I, I have the same, I have the same problem with this part and I kind of, I forgive Tiana for it because it's the first time that she's kind of given into her feelings of, like, of, like, opening herself up. It's her first time kind of, like, I can love, I love this person. And it's, just, it's her first time with these emotions it's all very new and raw to her and I so she doesn't know how to like to me it's like she she didn't take a moment to use her rational brain because she is for the first time using her emotional side to think about things and see the world. That's my way of forgiving her for it, but I do have an issue with that where I'm like, No, girl, girl, you're better than this. What? Yeah, and even she's like such
0: a, she's such a logical person. She's yes. such
2: a and then yeah. like Ray is right there, and he's literally just about to say, "Well, why are you still a frog if he's human?" Because Mama o- Mama Odie said you'd both change back, and she's like yeah. gone before he like before logic can even. So that that's the thing. She's gone before even lo- before logic can like process. Like she's she's not she's reacting too quickly. And my I forgive her because she's being emotional and she's not used to trust like going with her emotions. That's I'll okay. forgive her. Okay, yeah,
0: I'm willing to forgive it too. It's just it's it's a weak point. It's very flimsy. Yes, it's flimsy, very I flimsy completely agree. For there to be a misunderstanding, in my opinion, but there's always
2: a damn misunderstanding. Yeah, yeah. and I
0: hate I hate it. I hate that trope. Well, I hate it so I mean, much.
1: Luckily, they... too. Luckily, it passed <laughs> by very quickly. Like, yeah,
0: it doesn't impact the plot hardly at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, for that matter, like, it did. It. I don't know if it. I almost did I almost feel like it didn't even need to be there. Just.
1: I, yeah, I, I think the only reason it was there is so Raymond could be like, what's going on? And then go check out the flow and then realize, oh. I do like,
0: it. I do like the way he has to like fly into the keyhole, the way he mm-hmm. arranges himself. Oh, and yeah. just kind of,
1: but
2: I mean, that easily could have just happened and been like, oh no, that kid, that's not Naveen. We, let's split up and find him. And then maybe Raymond goes and finds him on the flow and Tiana would, went looking in the cemetery. If yeah. we needed to move to the cemetery. for
0: Yeah, but I guess they also wanted that moment where she's kind of harsh to Ray and says, like, Evangeline's not a firefly. She's a ball of gas a million miles away. And- uh, actually, <laughs> yeah, that's... They I, wanted to have that.
1: I actually think... They it, wanted
0: to have a lowest point. I mean, if
1: you want a good point, it's like, wait. Because they're like, wait, Naveen? What is he doing over there? It's like, wait, that can't be Naveen because you're still a frog. And it's like, well, then where's Naveen? Because he's supposed to be finding Charlotte Buff in order to kiss her. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, we need to find him. If he's not there with her, we gotta do... And that would be the way to separate it and make it logical without the whole misunderstanding.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I just have a problem with that. That yeah. being... They could have... There must have been another way they could have made it or even made the misunderstanding make more sense. I don't know.
2: They needed to build up the the tension or suspense or whatever before the, you know...
0: The climax. The yeah. yeah. Speaking of building up tension or suspense, I want to talk about the shadow monsters for a split second. Oh,
2: they're so cool! They're oh, probably they're... the coolest part of the movie because I'm always watching them and like looking at all their like different variations when they yeah. show up. So
0: I uh, like how e- yeah, you're right. I like how each each one is kind of distinct. There's like one with a skeletal rib cage. There's one that looks like a like one of the rat creatures from Bone. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, one looks like <laughs> just like a woman with a scary face. Like there's yeah. I like they're they're all different. It's really cool.
1: Oh, I love how they, like, walk across, like, uh, well, earlier on when they walk across throughout New Orleans, you're like, oh, this is
0: so, um... Or the way they're, they're, they are shadows, so they're just on surfaces, so, like, they, like, bend around tree trunks. Yeah! What I love, the reason I remember that so distinctly, though, is because as I was watching the movie, uh, as a, you know, in, in the theater for the first time, a little kid behind me started going, with obvious wonder in his voice, monsters, 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 (laughs) He was loving it, but he wanted to point out monsters, monsters, monsters. <laughs> and it's a fairly vivid memory I have of that, because my, my friend um, my friend and I were sitting there, and we hear this kid, and we just could not stop giggling. Do you know our hands? As the, the shadows were making their way across the screen, and this kid is, like, bouncing in his seat, talking about monsters.
1: Um, anyway. Uh, I, I think... By the way, the way that, um, later on, because they're in the graveyard, the cemetery, which is, oh, that's such a cool cemetery. Oh, I, mm, the visuals in this film are so
0: good. It's Lafayette Cemetery, too, mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that was always, that was a fun fact I learned when I was a kid that, like, oh, because New Orleans is basically on top of water that they can't bury. Yeah. <laughs> they're dead underneath. That's why there's all these, like, crypts and everything.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um. <sighs> so... Uh, but like, I feel like the way that um Dr. Presillier tries to manipulate Tiana is very well done. It's, yeah, it is like everything he's saying makes sense.
0: Like he's, he's so good at reading people. that's part of it. No, he's...
1: but he, but he, and in some cases, he's right. Like it's like he works so hard. like your dad worked so hard and he never showed it, and then you have the opportunity to make his dream come true. And it's like, and it's not easy for people I like guess It's like, oh my gosh, he is saying every right word.
0: Wow. <laughs> and then having he's Keith- He's such a good villain.
1: And then having Keith David say say it makes it even more convincing. Like, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm with you. Yeah, you should get this necklace. I'm- <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> it, it shows that Facilia is is quite the con artist. Like, he knows what he's doing. He's got the experience. He's He's got all the right words. Mm-hmm.
0: He was almost there, but he didn't make it. And uh, <laughs> how about uh, his uh, his his grand exit, where he gets dragged to the, the netherworld yes. by that was awesome by Madame Leo. by his
1: by his shadow. Yep. No,
0: yeah. Well, uh,
1: Madame Lea. So there is a point. This is a haunted mansion reference, and mm-hmm. I saw I noticed this immediately when I saw it in the theaters too, David. Mm-hmm. Uh there is a point. There you did. There's a point one of the heads, uh, headstones is Madame Leota's headstone in uh from uh, Disney World's Haunted Mansion. And you can see her head pop out when they're going bump, 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 and both Dave and I are like, ha 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 ha
0: ha 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 They can't do a New Orleans movie without having one haunted mansion reference. I at would at least be one.
1: Severely so <laughs> disappointed if did Yeah. Um uh but yeah, th- that was a cool way to get like uh for him to be taken to the other world or the wherever that.
0: I like that the tombstone has his head embossed on it too. At the end, just a a great exit for a great villain. Mm-hmm. A great def- a great uh f- uh comeuppance, I guess. This Is what happens when you bargain with dark spirits.
1: I can't wait. I hope he appears in Splash Mountain. If he doesn't appear in Splash Mountain, I will be so disappointed. I mean, I mean I've heard... we we occasionally get him in the parks.
2: I, I have seen him a couple times in the parks, and it's always. Just a pleasure seeing him Absolutely. interact with people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's much more to talk about. We talked about the beauty that was Ray sort of fall and, you know, re- you know, that, that, that sequence is good. Uh, Lottie being the best and, <laughs> you know, helping, helping where she can, even if it means not getting to be a princess.
1: This joke would not land if it wasn't Lottie, but I I do find her last line, like, I didn't know Prince Levine had a, had a younger brother. Uh, how old are you? I'm six and a half. Well, I weighed this <laughs> 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 Like, any other person who would have said it, I'm like, oh, that's a weird joke. But it's, it, because it's her, it's funny. Yeah. It's actually funny.
0: Yeah, It's, it's a good ending. Mm-hmm. I like the ending, too, with yeah. the restaurant. We get to see everything happen. I like... That the...
1: They brought Lewis, like, when they're buying the restaurant, as their, like, kind of bodyguard, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, you better <laughs> You better sell the restaurant. You better <laughs> sell this building.
1: It's a um, good
2: scene. I love yeah. a, just, a, like, uh, Naveen and uh, Tiana, like, dressed, like, just casually dressed, and they like, she got the hammer, and like, yeah, we're gonna fix it up and work, and, like, it's just the cutest thing. makes It me really is. Happy. I love the I, end, yeah. I do, too. And I love the
0: fact that, like, he, um... Oh my gosh, what was it? He's, uh, Naveen is... Yeah, he got his job. He's working at the restaurant now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... He's mincing everything for everyone. <laughs> family, but, you know. While
1: also <laughs> performing on stage for, uh... With the
0: Firefly 5 plus Lewis. That's cute. That that's is a, cute. That's a nice nod to the Firehouse 5 plus 2.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, now this... And then ending with, uh, uh Tiana singing, uh, Dreams Come True in... Or, in, down in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. This, uh, this film overall, uh, yes, I said some things that are flaw- flaws, and I know, um, I, 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 I love it overall. It yeah. is still a beautiful film to watch. It is still a lot of fun, and I, it it holds up. It, it, there is a timeless feel to it, I will say.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, And as I, the more I watch it as I get older, um, and this is a rare thing, it just gets better each time I watch it.
0: I'm with you. I appreciate it like so much more even now than I did before, and that's that's saying something. Um, yeah, I, we've been here for almost two hours. You know, we like a movie when we've been here for almost two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, Sade, thank you so much for joining us for this one.
2: Thank you for having me back again.
0: <laughs> Gladly, you're you are the you have the record for the most repeat guest, and yes. we couldn't <laughs> we couldn't deny you this one. Yes, Do you have certainly. any closing thoughts about it,
2: or I mean, I'm still thinking about getting myself some beignets. Like, you you don't know you well. You guys know how badly I've been missing the Mickey beignets in the park. So, oh, <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, it, <laughs> well, it's back to computer-generated animation for the foreseeable future.
1: Well, our, not true, actually. Uh, wait until we get to, uh, August. So, um, August, that's actually gonna be Winnie the Pooh. Oh, really? And that's actually hand-drawn animation.
0: Oh, that's right. I never saw that one. I
1: didn't either, um...
0: I look forward to it.
1: But, uh, that's, that's August, but next month we're gonna be, uh, reviewing and watching Tangled. Oh! Okay. Nice. And that is gonna be an interesting contrast, I will say, between this film and um, it's been a while since I've seen it, so um, I look forward to watching it and discussing it.
0: Yeah, me too. Absolutely, um, I I think it's really interesting where we've gone in these four years doing this podcast, and now only now we're getting into the last like ten years of Disney animation. Um, it'll be interesting to see where we are a year from now.
1: Yeah. we'll be officially all through with the Disney canon in May of 2022,
0: so we have less than a year left. Wow. Wow, it's going to be interesting when we get to that point of figuring out what we're going to do. But in the meantime, why not just enjoy the ride, you know what I mean? <laughs> that said, um, those vultures up ahead look kind of ominous, don't they? Oh, we're coming up to the big drop, that's why. you ready for the big drop?
2: <laughs> Are you ready?
0: Alright, oh, here we go! Here we go!
2: Oh, God, I'm gonna marry, marry your, your dad. dad. <laughs> marry you.
0: Dreams do come true in New York. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling peckish this midnight? Sate your appetite for terror. Reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinera podcast is here for you, intrepid listener. We sample only the finest and sinister stories and, coating them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as eerie audio dramas. Tune in as Midnight Marinera sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appétit. <laughs>